Welcome to Homeschool Companion, your source for information, motivation, and inspiration. If you're part of the homeschool community or simply interested in learning more about home-based education, stay tuned. Together, we'll examine the latest resources, learning styles, and teaching techniques. We'll speak with experts in the field to help you uncover every homeschool advantage. We'll also present suggestions on how to keep Christ in the curriculum as we explore fresh ways to teach and learn. Welcome, welcome. I'm Rose. I'm Kathy. And we have a story for the kids today. It's called Makeup Meltdown, and it's by Talia Velez. Here we go. Justine and I loved reading magazines. We loved to buy them at the drugstore after school, read all the articles, and look at all the fashion trends. One day after reading the magazine 17, I said, hey, Justine, I've got an idea. Yeah, what is it? She replied, flipping through the pages. We should do our makeup like the girls in the magazine. Talia, you know our moms would freak out out if we wore makeup not if we take it off before we get home i replied sneakily hmm. justine pondered and then smiled it would be nice to be pretty like the girls in the magazines the next day after school justine and i went to the drugstore we strode straight to the makeup aisle gazing at all the mascaras eyeshadows and foundations Ooh, look at this I pointed to a display poster for brightly colored eyeshadow. The photograph showed bright neon green streaks along the woman's eyes. We could totally rock this look. It is so hot. I don't know, Talia. That's really out there. I thought we were going to get something basic, something to make us look mature and beautiful. Justine's eyes scanned the wall of makeup. I walked down the aisle a little farther, then pointed to another display with a famous actress on it. Justine, what if we got makeup so we could look like this? Justine's eyes lit up. Yes, we would be the most gorgeous sixth graders ever. Exactly. I started picking out a mascara. We'll look so pretty, people may think we're 17 and not 12. We picked out foundation, eyeshadow, blush, mascara, liquid eyeliner, and lipstick. After paying for the items, we made our plan. The next morning, we would go to school early and try out our new makeup. That night, I dreamed of how I would look. Beautiful, batting eyelashes, pouty lips, and glowing cheeks. Everyone would notice and wonder how I had become so sophisticated for my age. The next morning before class, Justine and I met in the girls' bathroom with our makeup. We started with foundation. The color was a little dark for me, but Justine assured me that it gave me a bronze hue. Oh, I thought, maybe I will look like a beach girl in an ad. I glanced over at Justine. I think your blush is uneven. I motioned to her face. She added more on the right cheek and turned to me for confirmation. Better, I nodded. We gazed at ourselves in the mirror. I looked a little tanner than usual, Justine a little more flushed, but we were beautiful. Wow, we look good. Yes, we do, but we're not done yet. You start with mascara and I'll start with eyeliner. I grabbed the eyeliner and opened it. My hand was shaky. 
I wanted a dramatic look, just like the beautiful Hollywood starlet. Lifting the brush to my eye, I envisioned a graceful line that would frame my brown eyes. As I began drawing, I blinked, leaving a thick dot at the middle of my eyelid. Breathing deeply, I analyzed the situation. If I made the whole line the same thickness, it wouldn't be a problem. Trying again, I created a thick line on my right eye. Justine was having issues with the mascara. Her eyes watered from getting the mascara wand too close to her eye. She also kept blinking, leaving clumpy gloop on her eyelashes. I steadied the brush to my left eyelid and started drawing the matching line. Then all of a sudden, the worst possible thing happened. I sneezed. The sneeze was so gargantuan, it made Justine and me jump into the air. Talia, look what you did! One glance and I knew. My sneeze had caught her by surprise and she had smeared mascara all over one eye. Then I saw the eyeliner all over my eye. I started laughing, but Justine didn't find it amusing. What are we going to do? She wailed. Well, we're going to wash it off, silly. We started to rinse our eyes, but it didn't help. The makeup was waterproof, and all the water did was just smear it into dark black circles around our eyes. Justine panicked. Class is about to start, and we look like raccoons. I stared at the mirror, but could think of no solution. In class, Justine and I silently slipped into our seats. I kept myself busy the whole morning so no one could get a good look at me. When the lunch bell rang, Justine dashed over to me and said breathlessly, What are we going to do about our makeup? We have to get it off before we go home or we'll get in trouble. My stomach sank to my feet. If I couldn't get the makeup off, Mom would know. She wouldn't be pleased that I had disobeyed her and worn makeup without her permission. I grabbed Justine and we sprinted to the bathroom to scrub our faces. We rubbed our faces all during lunch period, returning to class with only faint black shadows around our eyes. We'll be fine, I reassured Justine. As I walked home after school, I hoped Mom wasn't there already. Then I could use her makeup remover to get the last remnants off. As I walked up the steps into the house, I smelled cookies. Never before had the aroma of cookies scared me, but today it was the scent of doom. I opened the door and my mom called, Talia, have a cookie and tell me all about your day. I trudged to the table and lobbed my backpack onto a chair. Grabbing a cookie, I slowly chewed each morsel. I mumbled this and that about my day, trying not to look at mom. Then she stopped me. Talia, what's on your face? The guilt set in, and I burst into tears. I told her of Justine's and my beautiful plan and how we had bought makeup. But the foundation was too dark, and Justine put on too much blush, and then I sneezed and ruined our makeup. We looked like little raccoons all day long. People gave us funny looks. <laughs> After I finished, Mom started laughing. Mom? Why are you laughing? Oh, sweetie, it's funny that you had to learn this lesson the hard way. You know, the reason I don't want you to wear makeup is that you're beautiful the way you are. Jesus knew what he was doing when he made you. You have lovely skin and beautiful eyes, and you don't need to try to look grown up just yet. She wiped my tears and continued. I want you to focus less on makeup and more on school and your friends. She grabbed my hand and we stood up from the table. Now let's see if we can get this makeup off. 
All right, I thought 12 is a lot better than 17. The end. Welcome, I'm Dr. Richard Tooley, and with me here is June Hunt. And I want to thank you for coming. You are a well-known author. You have quite a bit of material out there on families, and you have now produced a new book, which is titled Bonding with Your Child Through Boundaries. Correct. Now, I have a friend. Yes. Had a child. Uh-huh. I had many friends who had children, and they did this. They said, and I don't know, maybe it was the error they came up with. They said, you know, we want our children to be free to make their own decisions, and, mm-hmm. and, and so we're, we're not going to put any kind of restrictions on them. Right. We're going to raise. Have you ever heard of that before? My brother-in-law was exactly that way. He was um, actually had a doctorate, and it caused great consternation to my sister. So continue on with your story, but I'm very familiar with this language and, and this mindset. I'm not going to. I don't want to step on too many people's toes who might have tried it, and other people's life might have come out, but I would tell you what. I have never seen such big brats in all my life. Well, in this case, actually, his um, son um, ended up going into a Maharishi kind of uh, lifestyle. And the daughter was working at a bar, uh, didn't graduate, neither of them graduated from conventional um, college. And um, she was very lost. In fact, did not have a healthy relationship at all with their dad and yet he thought at the time he was doing right by the way he admits now he was wrong yeah now I know that not everybody ends up being brats and I know not everybody ends up there but there are some certain things that do happen and let's let's go back through this concept of boundaries Mm -hmm. let's define that help help me understand Mm -hmm. what is what is what would be a boundary mm-hmm. situation for for let's let's say we're talking about here we got a, a parents and let's let's do this three ways okay okay or two ways uh, we'll make it easy okay. two ways first way is this is the new parents they're going to have baby yes second way is I've got a parent who has a child that's about thirteen or fourteen years old and who hasn't really thought of the idea of boundaries but they're struggling with their child. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take the first one, and then let's take the second one, because I think the second one's almost like intervention. The first one we can say, okay, here's the things you might want to consider as you go into childbearing. Let me ask you a quick question. Um, Have you ever had a child yourself? Oh, yeah. Okay, so uh, did you have boy, girl, Plurals. What, what did you have? I had a, I had two girls and a boy, and they were the boy was sandwiched between the girls. Okay, so when you're thinking about then having a child, first you're childless, and then you have a child. Um, did you permit your children? Uh, we'll take the first one. Did you permit your daughter to uh, just do whatever she wanted to do? Okay, we need to take a break right here, and we're going to come back and finish this story after the break. That's fine.
You've got questions? God has answers, and they're all found in the Bible. Welcome to God's Treasure Chest. I'm Charles Mills. Let's see what's hiding in God's Word today. Why did people change God's way of eating? In the Garden of Eden, the Creator arranged the perfect menu for Adam and Eve's health. It consisted of fruits, grains, nuts, and some tasty vegetables. Good, clean, refreshing water rounded out the list. Enjoy, God said. I wonder what he'd say if we took him to a modern fast food restaurant. People changed God's menu in more ways than just adding dead animals to it. Cooking oils, refined sugars, heavy spices, and fermented foods wreaked havoc on our ancestors' minds and bodies. They continue to do the same to us today. Why do most people eat foods so different from what God intended? Our sinned, weakened tongues insist on being stimulated by heavy doses of sweet, sour, spicy, salty, or oily dishes. I've been very fortunate to have a mother and then a wife who can make God's simple nourishing ingredients taste absolutely delicious, but it takes extra work on their part. Here's a reminder from the Apostle Paul. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? 1 Corinthians 6.16 I don't know about you, but I'm going to keep my body clean of junk food and dead animals. I'll eat to that. If you'd like to learn more about God and His amazing treasure chest, write for your free kids-only Bible course. The address is Treasure Chest, P.O. Box 53055, Los Angeles, California, 90053. Discover the many answers waiting for you in God's treasure chest. Here's Dr. Rose Gamblin with the Mind Matter Minute. There's a new approach to learning called inquiry-based. It's not really new, but now researchers understand what Confucius understood years ago. Confucius said, tell me and I forget, show me and I remember, involve me and I understand. The fact is the average person only retains about 5% of what they hear. A simple way to practice inquiry-based learning is to ask these questions, why, what, how, and if. By asking these questions, you've just increased your chances of learning from 5% to 90%. When working with children, use these questions in casual conversation and see how they respond. Don't tell me your mind doesn't matter. Mind Matter Minute is brought to you by MRG Media Ministry. For more information on topics about learning, go to mrgmediaministry.com. That's mrgmediaministry.com. You've been listening to Homeschool Companion. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure and like us on Facebook at Homeschool Companion or partner with us. Send us a contribution or a show suggestion at P.O. Box 413, Smithsburg, Maryland, 21783. Or call us at 301 321-3162. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Richard Tooley, and we're here with June Hunt, and we're talking about boundaries. And the book that we're talking about is Bonding with Your Child Through Boundaries. And well, I'll tell you what I actually did with my children. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how right or wrong I was, but so far I'm pretty happy. I said, 
I want my children to make decisions about their lives by the time they're 16 years of age. Mm -hmm. So does that mean that they could play with matches whenever they wanted to and strike matches or play with razor blades? Uh, no, they couldn't. Would they be able to go out in the front yard and then, if there's traffic, go play in the traffic? No, we wouldn't let them do okay. that. Okay, so that word freedom is wonderful. Sounds great. But you may have just caused a child's death if you did not have a boundary. Did you ever say to a child, don't go out into the street? You can play in the yard in the front yard or be in the front yard, but you cannot go out into the street. Did you ever say anything like that when they were very young? Well, we were probably even meaner than that. We said, you can play in the front yard, but you can't touch the sidewalk. Okay. The point is, that sidewalk then became the boundary. And why did you do that? To be mean and restrictive? To be harsh and cruel? Well, we didn't want them to die. That's it. That's the whole point. Parents are supposed to be the provider, protector individuals, the, the parents, the provider, protector parents for their kids. It is highly destructive and can literally cause the death if a child is permitted to play with matches. They don't know that. They don't know there's danger. They've not experienced danger. So to them it's not dangerous. But if you see children, let's say they're in the, the living room and they're just throwing matches around, they can light the curtains. The curtains become inflamed. They can burn a house down. Not that they would ever plan to do that. This would not be their design. So there are times when you as a parent need to have a boundary. A boundary is a line that must not be crossed. Just think of, of if you're driving in a car. Are you allowed to drive on the sidewalk? Well, if I didn't mind the ticket. <laughs> By law, are you allowed to, to drive on the sidewalk? By law. I'm not supposed to drive on no, the sidewalk. No, no. The reason that we have laws in the land if, where there's a, a curb is because if you drive on the sidewalk, you could what? Well, for starters, I just might run over someone. Yes, you could kill someone, and you could literally harm your car in terms of running into a pole, a building, or some structure. Uh, the, the point is, sidewalks are not created to drive on. They are created to walk on for pedestrians. So what we've got to evaluate is... When somebody hears the word boundary, is that supposed to be a bad word? No. The, it's to protect. It's to provide the way to go. To say, don't go across the line. Now, here you have a child, a little child. And if your little child decides, I'm not going to listen to daddy. I don't, I want, I want to go in the street and you see that child, you were looking outside the window and all of a sudden you see your child kind of running in the street. Is that okay? No, and they would know it wasn't. Okay, how would they know it wasn't? 
uh, I, w I would have a way of informing them of, of that, that action and enforcing the, uh, the truth of the matter that they don't want to do that again. And see, some people say, well, I'll just say, honey, don't go out in the street. Just come on back. The point is, again, as the provider and the protector, let's understand your role is created by God to do what is right, what's best in behalf of children. So my point is, as a conscientious father, you better do everything you can to get that child out of the street as quickly as possible because you don't know when a truck, a pickup, a, a car of any kind could come and accidentally kill your beloved daughter. She doesn't understand the danger. You do because you should have the wisdom of years. So the bottom line is this. God gave the first two human beings a boundary when he created humanity created human beings he told them do not eat from this tree and then he did this he said if you eat from this tree there'll be a repercussion a negative consequence if you don't you're able to eat from any tree anything anything in the garden so he provided everything for them but they chose to eat from that tree and therefore they experienced a repercussion the point here is boundaries are biblical and if we are going to be responsible parents responsible people in our lives I'm just talking about even a friend uh, kids who go on dates should have boundaries we're talking about boundaries in in marriage there should be boundaries where relationships are involved if someone starts abusing another person there should be a boundary with a repercussion so what I present is there's a line that should not be crossed if the line is crossed there's a repercussion a negative consequence if the line is not crossed then there's if you will a reward uh, for the a reward for not driving on the sidewalk see now I can tell you have this tendency to test the limits and so if you if you were to drive on the sidewalk you could be in trouble especially if there's a policeman right there he could ticket you he could if you're um, if you're insolent and rebellious if you're uh, disrespectful he could haul you into jail depending on your demeanor you could lose your license so the point that we have to make here is the even the laws of the land provide repercussions so the it, the point of having them these law these laws uh, or these boundaries is so that our world works well so people in our country if we're talking about the United States of America it's so that people can interact well with each other so our lives can go far better than having chaos. Well, we've come to the end of this show, to the end of part one of a two-part series with Dr. June Hunt. Hi, I'm Mike Gamblin, executive producer of MRG Media Ministry. Join us tomorrow as we the conclusion of this interview with Dr. June Hunt.
You have been listening to Homeschool Companion, a production of MRG Media. Be sure to join us on Facebook. Just type in the name Homeschool Companion. For more on this or to contact us, go to mrgmediaministries.com. That's all one word, mrgmediaministries.com.